0: Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors, sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Hub24. Hub24 make a difference in the lives of advisors by connecting you to innovative solutions that create opportunities with market-leading managed portfolios and customer service excellence. Want to know more? Visit hub24.com.au here from XY, speaking with Damien, the CEO of AIA. Mate, thanks for coming on. No worries, Clayton. Great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, now, we're both sort of, we're distance, you know, we're separated by time and space, but uh, but we are over here, Zoom, and we're both casually hanging out in our T-shirts. Yes. Uh, you, I'm proudly representing XY. X, you've got the AIA vitality happening there. I love it. And we were just chatting about this very briefly um, before before the podcast started. and that is um, leadership these days is very um, from and I'm sort of commenting from an outsider here but the people you know that I get to speak to that are, are well you know, well respected and well established and, and, and lead a lot of people. but they're also um, and I can't tell if it's COVID that's even brought this on more, but I feel like the approachability of leaders is, is being turned up a lot. And, um, and and Roxy, who's our chairman, he's uh, spoken very very favorably about you for a long time and he's been sort of trying to organize this podcast. So it's great to finally get here. But it, the first thing that um, captures my attention when I get to catch up with you is that you look as relaxed as I am, but you hmm. lead this massive organization. So I've got to find out how all this happens. All right, Clay. Well, let me try and uh,
1: give you a response to that question. It's a great question. And, and firstly, uh, also... A big shout-out to Roxy. He's a superstar legend, uh, big heart and uh, full of energy and passion. It's hard not to be inspired by him and uh, motivated when he's around. But, um, look, um, and also great to talk to you and, um, and and well done on having the success you've had with the podcast. Uh, I think, you know, as I, I've, I said to you just before, you know, You've been doing it since 2016 so you guys were right at the front of the uh the way there but uh and the, the the innovation and trend but uh also right now during covid people have been looking to connect more and um you know it just helps to be able to have great um podcasts like this one where people can uh, if they choose to you know tune in and hear what's happening for others and take a time to connect with others and hear what they're doing it's a great opportunity so well done but uh that's a great question. I think yes. The first answer is yes, when you said, has COVID changed that? COVID's accelerated it, in my view. And, and what that it's done is, is really given permission for people to, or no, not just given permission, demanded that leaders, you know, actually show a level of care. Mm. Because you know right now um, in this situation while i can have the best business plan about how we're going to ensure that our people are well and 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 safe and engaged and productive so that we can have a business continuity plan so that we can then continue to operate the essential services and we can you know then reimagine and thrive into the future the first thing we're going to do is make sure we're connecting to the emotion of what people are feeling i mean it's not too often you go through a pandemic right yeah. so so the first thing you've got to do is go all those things are fantastic. But the first thing we need to do is help people deal with what they're really trying to do, which is survive. Yeah. You know, and connect to the emotion of it. So, how do we survive? And then let's try and revive things together in this environment. And then we'll think about plan, uh, thriving into the future and reimagining how we're going to come forward to life, not back to life, which is an important thing I'll touch on. So, I think it has accelerated that. But the other thing that's ha- happened, uh, Clayton, is this is a, This has been something that's been bubbling away and 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 that's because again, you step back and go, well, what is that? Well, I think it's, you know, a couple of things and I'll give you an analogy. One, when we talk about globalization and digital and technology and social media and podcasts, all of a sudden leaders cannot just sort of hide behind the four walls. I call it the you know, the ivory tower that they sit in and then and lock themselves away and you know, have a communication that is well crafted and sent out after it's had lots of editing and you know messaging done to make sure it's it's appropriate um (laughs) what the the world's now done as you can see is that it's it's brought everyone into the open and 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 people are expecting that leaders are going to communicate and more regularly and more openly and take a stance on on important issues where in the past it was difficult to get that communication exchange happening but now we're far more accessible whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's through podcasts. So that's demanding, you know, um, a level of transparency and openness and an and expectation that Australians and others around the world, depending on where you live, are, are asking of organisations and their leaders for, to understand who and what are you about. And, um, you, know, the, you know, the last bit I'll leave you with, Clank because it's, it's a bit of a favourite topic of mine <laughs> when you've opened up there is, you know, I was watching, um, as I've shared many times, I, I think of corporate financial services in Australia, uh, and, you know, you're right, I, I'm very privileged to to lead an amazing group of um, people across Australia and New Zealand. We're about 3,000 strong and we ensure over three and a half million Aussies and Kiwis but corporate financial services in, in in Australia I make the correlation to the Wizard of Oz and the Tin Man all right and I'll tell you oh Tin Woman it's not about it's not about gender in any way this is about you know the Tin Man when I was watching this show with my kids over the school holidays and just uh reliving it what a message right this is how I correlate because we've always operated from my head and it was always about the how you looked and how you were perceived, and what the numbers said, and who is the most intelligent in the room, and bigger is better. But actually, um, you know, we've always had a heart, just like the Tin Man did. All we've been looking for is the permission to use that. And now what we're seeing is the power of the head and the heart coming together, and that's what people want.
0: Wow, that is a great answer. So, so basically, COVID has accelerated something that's been happening for a long time, and that is the idea that. Uh, you know good leadership is not just academic what that doesn't go away and you have to hit all your numbers and you have to Mm. make sure the strategy is all correct and you have to make sure that the, the, the continuity of the business is all there but is there a way that we can bring in a more human side of all working together and and it's almost like this large pandemic has brought that out uh that's that actually mirrors Financial advice. So, so, mm-hmm. um, so I, I was on, um, Matt Heiner's podcast recently, and we were talking about how tickets to the game and being a financial planner is making sure you can do all the financial stuff. You know, you've got to be the best at your job, and, and you've got to always get better at the finances and, and abilities to calculate and everything to do with a dollar sign. But there is the element of, personal well-being and and what do you want out of life and and there's this whole other softer side of what financial advice is and it and it hasn't removed any of the previous expectations of what it means to be a good financial planner but now it's just we're including more in that service and and not everyone is and and some people are well and truly out on the fringe of on what they provide but i would say as a movement collectively it is slowly moving across to more and more it's almost emotionally engaging financial advice and so you're yeah. it's quite kind of interesting to to hear that mirrored in the corporate setting of the products that financial planners use
1: yeah and so and look it's it's exactly the same in the sense that you know both you need both the head and the heart but you also need to know the what and the why Right, and the words and the actions, they're my pretty simple things. That's how you get congruence, and you know, that things come to life and become very powerful. Right, there's not one or the other, you know, you need both, and uh, that's where the magic happens, I call it. And so, financial advisors, man I'm a massive advocate because, but but what you're talking about is, and what, what has been really disappointing is that a lot of the external focus has been on, well, what are you doing, and, and what are you doing, how are you doing that, but. When you, what you're talking about is connecting it to yes what you need is you need your life insurance and you need to put some money into investments and your superannuation and other things but why mm. right let's think um. about why together you're doing that it's because you've have got a dream what's that dream what are you trying to you know ha- what is the best life you want to have and for you and your family and yep yeah, we've got to protect them for the rainy day but why are we doing that? And so financial advisors and financial advice goes well beyond which investment option you should take, which life insurance product should you, uh, you know, uh, adopt. It's really about, you know, um, as I, you know, a little bit like what with Vitality, our, pro, our health and wellbeing program. This is about, yes, there's a, a, a product and, or an investment or a fund that we superannuation fund or a fund we need to be in, but actually how do we help you once we've selected that, make sure you're getting the absolute, you know, they're in the best health status so you can enjoy it Mm. and get staying on track with your goals in life because that's actually just a a subset of, you know, having your best life.
0: Yeah, the thing the thing that uh, it's always interested me about uh, the concept of of the Vitality program is, um, actually, I I was doing a little bit of research before our podcast and and I didn't realize, but you actually took the head job the same year that Vitality came on. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes, I was um, very fortunate to get the opportunity to, to, to take over as Chief Entertainment Officer, as they call it, or CEO. <laughs>
0: um,
1: at the same time, we brought Vitality. But really, Peter Crew, who was CEO, phenomenal uh, individual leader guy, mate, um, that, you know, helped help prepare me to take the next step, as much as you can be prepared. Um, and, you know, he 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 really um, uh, supported me to help bring Vitality to life. And he was like, we've got to do it. So, you know, let's do
0: it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting concept because it's essentially gamified health, right? So the the, the concept is um, how do we? Uh, yes, the, the insurance product is there, but then how do we get people to? And and it is a motivation thing, right? It is a why thing because even though I know looking after myself objectively is going to make my life better, it's for whatever reason there's just there's emotional inputs that that just help. Or, or, or almost persuade me to do something, or, or or remove my desire to do it. And a perfect example of this was um, my wife for my thirty seventh birthday, and, and I've just had a kid. And so uh, Vera goes, "Well, you know, congrats! To, thank you to, to to starve off the dad bod now that you're a dad. Uh, here's you know a ten pack for um, for CrossFit." And um, and so I'm back into it now, right? And uh, I've got a long way to go, but I'm just permanently sore at the moment, but now that I have that motivation, right? So I, I've gone there, that, that the hurdle of going the first time is now done. And I I can, you know, I, I can feel myself slowly getting back into shape. And it's almost the gamification in this case was my wife just giving me a 10-pack and saying, This is this is it. You you're you're now getting started. Um the thing with vitality is it's it's kind of gamified it in a way that you know it's tech based and it and it can be delivered at scale, and and one of the reasons that we wanted to catch up today was your I guess how much health and wellness has influenced your life, mm-hmm. and the fact that you came on the same time as Vitality, was that a um, a fortuitous uh, coincidence or was that actually a part of the reason that you? We're, were given this job
1: no well no actually it was i mean we were on the journey already and i've been in superannuation and in life insurance my whole career uh, like you and others at, at six years old i said yeah that's my dream uh, <laughs> i don't want to be an afl footballer no i want to be in life insurance <laughs> but uh but what when I, what i was um so what what happened was fortuitously uh, our group ceo at the time by a phenomenal individual by the name of mark tucker uh, introduced to A Group, another business that he knew very well, Vitality, which was founded in South Africa by uh, Adrian Gore and a number of other very special people uh, at Discovery, um, a company in South Africa. And he said, this is a phenomenal program to really think about, you know, how we can make a difference in society. And um, having been in life and superannuation and financial service in Australia, the one thing or two things that really used to get me was that I used to sit back and think, wow, you know, what an important role we play in people's and their families' lives. And and, and we're there for people when it matters most when something goes wrong or when they finally retire and they can have this, you know, retirement savings. And that's admirable. But actually, how about making sure during that, you know, the 40 years of working to get to that or before something bad happens, what if we could help people make small changes to live the, the dream of a healthier, longer, better life, which is truly, I believe, the dream in Australia, right? In New Zealand, to, in this blessed country of ours. And so, and the other bit that was missing was engagement with this thing called a product, right? Mm. This grudge thing you sort of bought and had to pay for every year you and hope you never had to claim on. Yep. And I just saw this phenomenal opportunity to bring, well, great. You know this. How does how great if we can do like what financial we talked about with financial advisors help you get the right advice to put the right plan in place, but then help you lead your best life and 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 little steps. And so vitality is really you talk about it is it does gamify health, but the other way to look at it is is you know it's a behavioral economics model and it brings together three elements of any successful change. Okay, education. So the first thing is knowing about your health, right? Yep. Because You know, once you have knowledge, and that's what they say, you know, knowledge is the key to everything, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean just because you know something. It may create that knowledge now, that little seed, but it doesn't mean you're going to do something with it necessarily, although there's a good chance once you have that knowledge. But then the second part is recognising that if we want true behaviour change and to get people moving, we then want to uh, uh, move into um, helping people to improve their health and remove the barriers that really do exist. So I've got the knowledge, but there's some barriers. And then the third part is, um, so know your health, improve your health or, or education and knowledge, removing barriers or, or, and, or putting them down. And the third one then is even if we start something, to your point, you know, staying on the journey is not easy. So we need that nudge and that reward. So we're rewarding your health. And that's where the incentivization comes in. And it's about making sure we're constantly, you know, um, recognising that life goes on and how do we keep people motivated and incentivized? And so the three elements come together. Uh, Clayton, and that's the that's the cool part. So you know, you got the, you got what's called the nudge, right? The nudge theory. <laughs> Use the 10-pack in. Yeah, we're going to necessarily go out and necessarily buy it for yourself, not because of anything, just because life's busy, right? Totally. And so um, that's what the program looks to do. And what's great is you know we go we've gone from you know having a a relationship once a year with a premium renewal notice that usually says thanks for your business and your premiums are going up to on average twenty to thirty. Um, touch points a month with our with our vitality customers and you know look at the look at the success over 140 billion steps three million gym visits 900,000 health and well-being assessments have been completed I'm just rattling off some stats Um, you know um, people have improved their vitality age which is their lifestyle age by on average over 12 months um, across the cohort so it's having impact but you know we encourage people and people have been you know, meditating more, getting an extra hour of sleep because they get their points. You know, it's been cool, you know, to have that sort of impact. And I guess, you know, well, for me, it's about financial well being. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. How do we bring the two together?
0: Yeah. Um, insurance, even as a topic, is is so, uh, is such an interesting concept because while it, while it is a, a reluctant or, or a grudge purchase, it at the same time, um, the way that I always view it was, you know, you pay 30, 40, whatever percent, you know, tax on, on your income and, and uh, what do you get for it? But is it worth paying a couple of percent to make sure that if all goes wrong, that there's a way to, you know, for it not all to go wrong, even though, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I, I don't even, I don't want my family to walk out the front door unless they have it because, how's this how's this so a mate of mine who's my age we're 37 he was out riding motorbikes and he had a stroke this was just about a month ago Mm. um had a stroke while riding a motorcycle and crashed his motorcycle because of the stroke and they say to him you might not work for five years right and and just over the course of of our relationship i've told him i don't know 10 or 20 times that story of it can be as grudge worthy as you like, but I wouldn't want to walk out the front door without my family having it. Unfortunately, he never did. And now this concept that he might not be able to work for five years has been dropped on him. And, and this is a very good mate of mine mm. who's my age. And he's had this unbelievable medical mm. condition. And um, it's just one of those things that it's so mandatory. I mean, it's mandatory across every part of life. It's not just, Life, right? It's 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 public liability, and it's yeah. it's it's, um, it's insurance is just one of those things that, um, no matter what your view of it is, it's crazy to to risk everything.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it's one of those ones that, and that's why I was saying to you, it really, really is a, a, a conundrum for me in terms of trying to understand like the behavioral economics here because we'll ensure we won't drive a car out of a car yard without yeah. a cover right? Yeah, <laughs> we won't, um, you know buy a house without making sure it's got content and building insurance but the most important asset we have our income or yeah. our life
0: yeah it's not an asset
1: but our, our income we don't insure and that's what pays for all those things right and and but this goes to show I think you know what, what I put that down to and and ensuring and our life I think there's sort of some deep things behind that one is it shows the deep disconnect not between financial advisors and their clients, because financial advisors help their clients to know why they need it and get it, and trust yes. that they're getting the right one, right? But the disconnect between life insurers and the end sort of perception with with Australians around, you know, oh mate, it's just something we're going to pay for, and we'll even, we'll never get paid, you know, mm. you know, we
0: won't ever claim it. There'll be something when 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 as you know the stats, we've seen it, right? It, it's, if anything, it's, it's the other way around. The, the amount of claims have been such that, and, and I know I actually did a, a podcast, a mental health podcast um, series, and the amount of claims have actually outstripped the premiums it, of, of recent years. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, that's the thing to remember. Unfortunately, um, you no, know, not for, unfortunately, but the reality is that things like cancer, heart disease, mental health doesn't discriminate by age. Yeah. Yes, there may be some, you know, 25% of claims we paid for TPD under the age of 25 were for mental health.
0: Holy dooly.
1: Yeah. So, you know, uh, and not that we this is specifically about a drill down to mental health, because I'm very passionate about it too, mate, and um, standing up for making sure we're doing what we can to to learn more, do more, help more here. But that's uh, the the largest cause of disability globally is for mental health. Right. So, it, and it, the trends are not positive, but then again, same, like, you know, so that's not to, as you said, things can happen. So it's not about doom and gloom. It's about saying, right, we, we can't predict life, but let's make sure we've got the right things that are in place as best we can and get some advice and help if you know, needed to do so. Yep. Um, and then let's try and do the little things within our control to try and prevent and give ourselves the best. chance. like, you know, it could be angel. We're drinking a little bit more water. Um, Getting a little bit of sleep, I, and I've shared very personally. Clay, no, I was not healthy. Um, I was training every day like a madman, wearing the big uh, badge of honour that I was. You know, uh, my fitness levels were 92 out of 100. But guess what? The other two measures were when I when I ran into Dr. Jamie Lee from who was who's the CEO of Health Quotient. So yes, there's a third Q, not just IQ, EQ. There's HQ, Health Quotient, and this really helped me. Um, my stress recovery which measured my how much time I was having to recover from the stress I'd had during the day was 36 out of 100 and my restorative sleep was six out of 100 because I was averaging about four hours sleep at night five hours and thinking that you know I could just keep going and no mate yeah I was deluding myself because I thought because I was physically training hard um not eating any bad foods in fact my vitality age was high because I wasn't eating well not because I was eating junk foods because I wasn't eating regularly because of my travel and other stuff so uh, well, all I'm trying to support here to your point is not to get too deep into that was to say that hey th- there's a lot that's going on in the world and so you know how can we make small steps and help people to recognize that you know we we just like we um do things to um improve our physical fitness or our IQ by learning more around, you know, like you said, you know, studying more because we have to qualify for this next level of standards and uh degrees that we have to qualify for. We also need to do things around our health and well being. And um that's really important because that's why I call it financial well being, man. We need to make sure we've got the financial means to have the dream that we'd like to have. Yeah. But what's the use if we don't have the health to enjoy it and um but you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, we need to make smart choices.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, there's something I wanted to bring up, which was a conversation. Now I just had an hour conversation with Dr. Adam Fraser yesterday. And one of the things I'm super passionate about is um, financial advisory, like the, like the, the mental health of financial advisors, not just their clients, but actually financial advisors. And um, something that Adam and I have been talking about for a while was this idea that he would study the industry. And uh, so I know for a fact that he's partnered with AIA to spearhead this study, which is super exciting because we're going to, for the first time, sort of be able to kind of go to Canberra and and say, hey, listen, these, these are the areas that financial planners are struggling with. Potentially, we can... You know, and, and this is how I, I hope it gets used, at least in, in some capacity, which is politicians, can you hold off on forcing even another round of changes? I, I, I was hearing from the, the shadow treasurer that they want to remove all commissions from uh, life insurance. And, and, it's, and it's just like one thing after another, after another, after another. And it's creating a lot of stress for financial planners. And it's just super awesome that you guys got behind Adam to be able to ha- handle this study. So thank you.
1: No, well, Clayton, well done to you for, uh, for working with Adam on this as well and, and to Adam, and he's a great guy. And uh, when when it came to us, it's like I've sort of moved into this part of my life now where we've just got to do the right thing and not wait, right? And so, you know, here we are talking about health and well-being. It's really important. us. You know, we do that for our team yeah, and, and our people, our AIA family. But also, you know, when we look at the important and critical role that financial advisors that you and I have just talked about in helping Australians well, get advice so that they can protect them and their families and then help live a good life plays, right, the, the, the trusted relationship they have, we need to make sure we're supporting our financial advisors. I've had so many financial advisors calling me concerned about their their clients during COVID and what they can do to keep their cover or in the in the instance of a claim and then so many advisors talking to me about how concerning it has been for them personally for them and and, and they're worried about their you know what it's funny they put themselves not on the top of that list their clients yeah. their teams their staff their yeah. families with yeah. the business disruption that they're going through yeah. and i've been very clear i was on the afa panel on this please anyone listening any any um policymaker please leave lift alone totally any, well, I mean, have a look at lift, but don't touch the remuneration components. Oh. We've just adjusted. I mean, find something else. And 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 with the, the education standards and the compliance obligations, I mean, you know, we've lost 2,000 advisors from the financial services industry around that or more in the last 12 months. So what we've got to do is a little bit like what I was saying before, client. You know, I need to look after my health and at least try and do some little things to improve that. If I want to continue to serve others, my family and others. Similarly, you know, if we want to, we need to support our financial advisors so that they can be well, so that they can continue to play that important role in society. So, this was about, you know, the advisor voice that Adam, Dr. Adam Fraser, and, and yourself and others are talking about. Is you now understanding the current state and of mental health and being of financial advisors, the learning habits and attitudes associated with the, with the, with those advisors who are currently experiencing positive mental health yes. well-being yes. and how they're responding to that industry change so they can yeah. we can give those tools and tips to others and then understanding the mindsets and behaviours involving the, the, those advisors that may not be doing as well yeah. and what support they need. And you're right. So that is so that we can communicate that to, one, make change in action to support advisors who need it and so that they can help and learn from each other and to, to share that. With key decision makers, yeah, uh, so they can understand the true impact of what's going on here. Because it may, no one's doing anything intentionally on that front, but they need to, you know. And the data, you know, we talked about the head and the heart. We may know is something intuitively, but by having the data as well, will be a really important fact point to be able and proof point to be able to substantiate that. So I'm hoping all advisors get on and 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 um, whether it's to share, you know, the positive things that they're doing to get yep. through. Yep. or whether it's because they're struggling, so that we can get that information out
0: there. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, so Adam Adam actually presented at our mid year um, XY event tour, and during that time, we were we were sort of talking about how he'd been doing this in other industries, and he said, you know, one of the one of the more difficult parts is to find, you know, a, a, like fifty people that are willing to fill out diaries multiple times a day to send them away to um to to the university and i said give me the chance and he said okay cool so uh so we sent it out to our x y plus members and i think within a day or two we had you know the whole thing filled up and and ready to, to contribute because um this this thing's super super, super, I, I, I can't, I don't know why I feel insanely passionate about this, but I, the way that I explained it to, to Adam was, um, I think there was two, there was two suicides that have occurred in the XY community that I'm aware of. Right. And so now, even though I didn't know these individuals, it falls under my, um, umbrella of responsibility, just even to a, a, to an extent that it's enough for me to want to do whatever we can to make sure that the chances of that happening is reduced. And I was actually having another podcast the other day and the concept of this changes to the LAF came up. And and I said, look, the people that create the policies, it's it's kind of like financial services is much more than just a stepping stone for your career. Um, Unfortunately we've arrived at a, a time where there's been so much change heaped upon financial planners that now you can almost specify a body count to any future changes you want to do. It's like, okay, well, what changes do you want to include because this is the result that's already occurred. And if you keep pushing it in this direction, you think there's going to be a positive outcome, but I promise you that the reaction that the market's going to give you is not going to be a positive one. And I just wish that there, there was a way. And 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 so this study for me is the first thing that's come up that for me says this is the way that we can go to policy makers and say, hey, these are the advisors that are doing well and this is what they look like and this is what other advisors should be doing to, to be well. But these are, these are the advisors that aren't doing well and this is why. And if you keep pushing on the bad points, you're going to get less over here and more over here. And so, yeah, it's so awesome to have Adam running this and then AIA funding. I, I oh, just I well, wanted to bring this up because it such well, a, it's such a it's a great
1: thing to get behind. Well, thank you, Clayton. And um, I'm, I'm glad that the XY crew are on board and, and helping to, you know, form that important data set. But um, and also um, we've got to advocate. You touched on a couple of things. Leadership is a privilege and a responsibility, man. And uh, we've got to step into that, right? It's not an authority. It's not some game. It's not some position You just get to have fun within a title. It's actually a privilege and a responsibility. We're all leaders and it's about the impact we can have. And that's what leadership is. And so it's about having an impact. And, you know, once something comes into your knowledge, I find it difficult for those who can just sort of shut it off and say, well, that's not my responsibility or because we've all got a privileged position to be able to try and do something with our means. So it's not always about doing big things. It's even just the little things. But I just want to break the cycle of going, well, let's have a let's do a post-review of that situation. Imagine oh. if we did something three three years ago. Imagine if we did that. So I don't know if everything we do these days is the right thing or not, but I'd rather do something. Now, yeah. I'm not talking about this research here because this is the right thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, we've got to do more and be far more nimble and agile in the areas that matter rather than, you know, constantly reflecting on, well, let's have a look at this in, in retrospect and what could we have done better at the time? Yeah, because that's really bugging me right now. You know, we could, we you know, I'm we talk about being agile and nimble, and that's how we do our projects and programs. But I actually think we need to be a lot more—not to use those buzz terms—but we just need to be a lot more agile and nimble to do
0: things where it's the right thing to do. It's a very good way of putting it. Um, X Y has actually over the years done um, quite a bit with AIA. Uh, believe it or not, AIA was actually one of um, the X Y. Uh, podcast first ever sponsor you guys a fair few years ago sponsored a whole year of uh, the podcast and and uh, i get to catch up with elise every now and again yeah. she's a fantastic Good part stuff. of your team and and uh, and send her a report and it's like hey you know even from all those years ago these are still getting downloaded so um it's 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 super cool to see aia um you know as a at least putting content out there and supporting things that does drive the positive evolution of financial advice which is what we've been aiming to do for a long time and i think vitality is a great example of that and um actually as a was there anything in your sleep that was picked up in the um the vitality app or was that something different
1: yeah no so my vitality app uh, we brought on sleep as a, a core component of the program probably 18 months two years ago so now but now in the last 12 months um, and we ran a an extra hour of sleep campaign, you know, to really try oh. and drive it because um, of the, the benefits it had. But um, so now I can track my sleep and I see my points in my sleep and I see bits. And so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, actually, my um, my sleep levels haven't been in the last six weeks, four weeks of the stage two lockdown. We're not as good.
0: Ah, oh, do you mean for yourself or collectively?
1: Oh, sorry. For, for, I thought, sorry, this is for mine personally. Tracking yes, 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 yes. Yes, mine personally, yes. So um, I was, and I must admit, the second stage was because, um, you know, we were really the, and what I associated that was, was the constant concern of not hitting the goals that the, the Premier had said and not coming out. Going back to stage two, I rallied, you know, dug deep, got everyone together and we, we, we came, and then this, this sort of, roller coaster of not hitting the target started to impact. And I started getting a lot more concerned for yeah. the team and society and the state. And so yeah, you can track it. And it's actually quite interesting to see the, you know, through your through your sleep patterns, what how you're feeling. And so um what what that then enabled me to do was just sort of, you know, identify what was bothering me and make that change.
0: Yeah. It's um in in terms of systemic, you know, industry issues the the insurance industry as a whole what what i mean what has been happening from a top down regulatory view it must be so bizarre to be at you know, you're you, you're a private company, but you're still completely at the whims of uh, policymakers as well. And that's uh, you know, and it's not just AIA; it's Zurich and it's Tal and it's it's everyone, right? And yeah. it's a it's it must be very difficult, I would imagine, to balance advisors, clients, regulatory staff. It's definitely a challenge, but I think coming up with you you know you start you mentioned that you've been in financial services your whole career and, you, and I, I did you even you know did you start in like underwriting or something or i mean, um, i uh
1: you might not be able to see this and others won't obviously because we're in a pocket but see that blue sign there yes that is that says colonial mutual life assurance society established 1873 yes um, I started out at colonial and was blessed when I was at uni to get a job uh, there. And uh, my job was to enter the mail into the system. Um, so that, um, when, uh, someone rang up the call center back then it's a long time ago. I know, I'm <laughs> a younger but it's <clears throat> a long time ago. Uh, that was the way to make sure that if a customer called in, um, our call center back then could let them know whether we'd received documents for their claim. Oh, or their so, uh, my job which I loved with and um, was to get in and log hundreds of bits of mail into the system so that that if someone called in they could call up and I, I I that was my how I started my career in financial services and then I moved into being a you know I just loved being part of a team you know what I just loved being part of a team that had goals every week that it set for itself you know how many we needed to get through how many claims we needed to process how many Mm-hmm. change of addresses, all that stuff. And so my job, I just said, okay, great. I'm going to become the quickest and best at logging the mail-in so that I could then free up time in the day to help my team members with learning how to process the claims and the other stuff. Wow. And, um, and um, I was just really, you know, it was always about the team and, uh, you know, how we could deliver better customer service and when it back then. And so then I ended up just sort of becoming a, the team leader pretty quickly and then managing the colonial Master fund new business, and um, then yeah, transitioned to uh, you know CBA bought Colonial and moved it up to Sydney. But I wanted to get back to Melbourne because I love my AFL and playing <laughs> footy on the weekend. And then, uh, but the point is, I just started. You know, I guess why I'm saying that Adam, is, and then you know, guess what? and Now I'm part of an organisation AA where we actually bought Colonial, coming short.
0: How how funny is that?
1: A full circle. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but whether it was when I was at Australian Super or Navigator. I've just really loved being part of working in organisations where we could build a compelling vision and dream and mm-hmm. then working together as a team to deliver it. And, you know, that was the same at Australian Super. It was we had the dream of creating the most amazing superannuation fund for all Australians to have that retirement dream. So, you know, it doesn't, it's as long as short. But, mate, I've always just said, whatever job you do, give it your best. And that is the first step to anything else happening. You know, so many people yeah. get fixated on their career, but I've worked with financial advisors right throughout my career, just to put it back to financial advice and seeing the phenomenal work that they have done over my whole career to help Australians. And as I said, across a range of financial services. And now, you know, even we actually deliver financial well-being around their, their clients' health and well-being mm-hmm. along with their financial. So that's pretty
0: cool. Mate, that is. Um, Damien. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate you you finding the time, uh, and and sharing and and supporting, especially with the um, with Adam's you know research. I, I just I can't thank you enough. There, I think that's going to be super important in terms of helping decisions, important decisions for the industry as a whole. And um, if you know, I I am involved, and I will be uh, doing whatever I can to make sure that that is used as much as possible. And and I think it's something tangible that we'll be able to take to um, to to Canberra. But obviously, you know, all, all the success with um with vitality and everything you're doing over there, and mate, um, you know, leading from the front in terms of focusing on your health and you know, well-being and and even sleep, you know, that's something that I probably should focus on more considering I am a new parent now and, yes. uh, you know, the, the, those uh, those hours somehow slip by, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank you again for coming well, on. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, Clayton, thank you for having me, mate, and, uh, and a big call out again and shout out to Roxy and the whole team. Um, and uh, congratulations, you know, full admiration and respect for what you do um, uh, and the whole financial advice community and, um also for the podcast man you know you are making a difference and um uh, it's what matters so thank you and uh, look forward to continuing to partner with you and do great things awesome
0: man thank you okay, cool.
1: bye